everybody. We're so excited. We have our, we're like the three Sam three best friends that anyone oh. could have now, Dima. <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited to have you back on. We normally ask you listener questions, but today we thought it would be fun to get to know all that is Dima. There's a lot, so. There's a lot. <laughs> this is exciting. Um, first off, you just uh, announced something big. Yes. Expecting, yes, you just... expecting unexpectedly is what I'll say there. So, oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. been there twice. Yeah, uh, I, I figured it's relatable, which is why I'm like, I'm just gonna not sugarcoat this. It is what it is. We were not planning on baby number three, but baby number three is coming, so we're prepping. Okay, how far far along are you? I just hit 24 weeks. So, oh my god, <laughs> I know far. Yeah, yeah, it's really far. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling Loaded like question. psychologically and yeah. <laughs> physically? Loaded question. Um, <laughs> psychologically, I've adjusted a lot um, and we'll get more into that. Physically, I feel okay, but I'm having some complications. So that's been a little stressful, but I'm just mm. gonna, I'm trying to roll with it, right? Okay. How did you, how did you find out you were pregnant? Uh, it was so funny. I was actually on a little trip to LA. I went to meet up one of my best friends and her daughter. Um, we took our kids to Disney together and um, noticed as soon as I got back that <laughs> uh, my period was late. Um, took a test, kind of already knowing what it was going to be. I had a feeling and it was uh, it was positive. So I had to wait to tell my husband like eight hours he was home but he was interviewing medical students downstairs so I oh my god laid in bed and cried alone for eight hours listening to oh like gosh, sad Dima. Spotify I know it was really it was not a good look um so and then I couldn't even say it when he came up so he thought something happened to the kids because I could not oh my speak god. I know oh my heart so and then he was like oh that's it I'm like what do you mean that's it so yeah, that's not my finest hour. Were you like not on birth control or anything? Um, so that's an even uh, more complicated fact. It gets a little interesting. I'll, I'll share this because I think it's important because um, I'm sure others can relate. Um, my husband's employer does not cover any kind of birth control, which is a little nutty because okay. it's 2022. So that's for six weird. months, yeah. I had been fighting with the insurance to get it approved and then finally gave up and was like, I'll try one of those birth control apps or whatever and had just okay. signed up. Um, and along came Polly. So it was no. really, it was not for lack of trying. And I know there's other ways to um, prevent things. And believe me, there were measures in place. Um, but things happen, as we know, right. and that's what happened. So it was a lot of a lot of mixed emotions due to lack of agency is what was coming up for me. Um, Your husband it, like how how is he feeling? How is he feeling? That I mean, I know he was just like that's it, but like how is he actually feeling as well? Oh, like how are you guys panicking. handling it? Yeah, 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 yeah. He he's, <laughs> yeah. he then began once I told him the, the due panic. date. The panic ensued um, because babies due the week we're supposed to move to Philadelphia, and he's starting a brand oh. new position. Super cute. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great time. So panic <laughs> ensued, but he did a really good job of keeping um, of keeping me calm, which I really appreciated. Um, because you know, when you're partnered, you can be enmeshed and it's really easy to ramp up together. So I, that was my expectation as he was going to panic with me and he really didn't, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. He panicked later, but it was, you know, we traded off. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of mixed emotions. You know, we're really happy to expand our family, but the timing just feels really nutty. You know how that goes, right? Like I know yeah. what people yeah. say, there's never a good time. 
I think that's a really dismissive statement, though. I don't like I don't like hearing that. I don't like saying it. It's true, um, but I feel like that can be dismissive when we say that to pregnant women. I can relate a lot to you, Dima, because my son Reed, he was a total surprise, and I got pregnant with him. I'm on my first cycle back after I had my son Brooks. He oh, no. Brooks was five months old. And I remember like crying. I knew, yeah. I just knew I was pregnant. I went yeah. to the bathroom. I took the test yeah. and I was crying and I felt rage. I, I was so angry. I came into the office, Tanner was in our office and I just slammed the test down on the desk. And I was so angry. Like this was just like me feeling like raw emotion. I was so angry at him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, you did this to me. But I, and then I felt guilt for so long afterwards feeling because it took me a while to be excited about my pregnancy, you I know? know, but it's like, I think it's like sometimes this is our reality, yeah. you know, and it's something to talk about when pregnancies aren't always like over the moon exciting. And obviously like Reed is like the perfect, most like wonderful addition to our family. Like I could not imagine our family without him now, but it was really, really difficult for me because of the timing. It was so hard. I just, um, I hate that we don't give people the space to just feel what they need to feel. We feel, we feel so much pressure to just take away and that's due to our mm-hmm. own discomfort, you know, but like let someone feel what they want to feel. I mean, yeah. respond to that need, but it's uncomfortable, right? So we want to say things to take away from that, which can be really hurtful. I think it was a little, it was so complex for me too, because I work with so many women experiencing fertility challenges and loss and none of that is lost on me, but I wanted to be true to my own experience. And this was not something I'd planned for. I'm very type A and um, just due to health concerns, we were done having kiddos, um, we thought. So it was just a lot to take in and I just wanted to slow down and think about what I needed and it. I didn't really give myself a chance to do that looking back, you know. Is it like your high risk or I, I, I know like one of your children has like, um, is it something genetically? Yeah, no. So one of them, um, she has a, the youngest has a pelvic kidney, which was just like a birth defect that went wrong, but she's oh. otherwise healthy, but mm. um, it was a spontaneous mm. thing. My son, my our older one has a lot of stuff with his immune system, which we never figured out, but I just ended up, we could never really figure out what was going on but all of my children were had intrauterine growth restriction and now I'm getting a lot more answers um putting myself at high risk and the baby unfortunately which I just didn't we didn't have all that information before and it all came to light like in the last week to be honest so um I'm going to be going in for monitoring every week for like three hours for the rest of my pregnancy which is a lot yeah so um I literally found out yesterday and of course my first thing was what am I going to do with work I felt judgment from the providers, like you need to be thinking about your baby. But I really Mm. don't like that pregnant women are made to feel like incubators. So I kept asking, like, what about me? Yeah. And I felt like they were kind of looking at each other. And I'm sure I was reading into it. Um, But I really, I really feel like pregnant women are made to feel like incubators. And I'm a whole person and I, I want my baby to be healthy, safe. But I need to be healthy and safe, too, to make that happen. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff. Right. I feel like a lot of care sometimes isn't holistic, you know, yeah, and like you, sure. it, it should be it should be about the mother's not only physical health, but spiritual health, yeah. mental health, yeah. emotional health, like who, 
who is supporting her outside of her like provider like what what is her life looking like you know like I feel like there needs to be way more of a holistic approach when it comes to maternal and infant health care and at least in the U.S. I feel yeah and we don't ask those things right like I look back I'll share when I went in um I think I've shared before I never even went to my six-week follow-up with my daughter for a number of reasons so the first time I came back was (laughs) this pregnancy and I couldn't eat. She came and said hello. My husband was with me, which is rare. I was grateful that he was there. But she asked, oh, okay, so what was the date of, or have you been having irregular periods? And I just started sobbing and I couldn't talk. And he took over. But she just kind of like did her thing and began with an exam. And um, she handed me some Kleenex. And I don't want to knock my OB. If you're listening, don't kill me. Um, but <laughs> she kind of just let him take over. And then, again, to mitigate the discomfort, began asking him about, He's graduating from residency, et cetera. They began doing shop talk. I know what Uh that was. And I wanted to scream, like, I'm laying here naked. You're doing this exam. And I'm still crying. And I'm obviously upset. Mm. Um, And I didn't talk the whole appointment. So it just Mm. stuck out to me. And again, it's so complicated because I work in this field, right? I work within an OB department and I support women. And I don't like seeing it from the inside being so crappy, um, so it fueled the pressure where I'm like, I have to fix this. You know, I'm one person. I'm not going to, I'm no martyr. Um, but I didn't like seeing that, you know, so it made me, it made me sad for a lot of women, not just myself. As a therapist and going through something, um, that's the, like what you're going through right now, just feeling a lot of emotions through your mm-hmm, pregnancy mm-hmm. and just like this, this, you, the situation that your family is in. Yeah. Um, how do you handle that? Like, do you like therapize yourself? Are you seeking help for uh-huh. like yourself or like, how does, how is that like something? Yeah, no, I love that you asked that. Cause you're more self-aware. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I have my own therapist and then I'm also <laughs> in supervision. Um, so each state does like their licensure a little bit different. Illinois has two tiers of licensure. So I'm about to sit for my second tier. So I'm in supervision weekly and that's really your chance to be discussing what we would call transference and counter-transference. And that's like when your stuff is bumping up against your clients or your client stuff uh-huh. is bumping up against you, right? And it doesn't mean in a bad way. But like yeah. if I, I have moms that experience miscarriages, stillbirths, fertility, that's very I, – I love my – they know I love them. I love my clients in a different way, of course. But I hold space for them authentically, so that's a lot. So that's my yeah. space. Supervision's meant for that. So you have a – um, place to check in so you can show up and be there because it's not the client's burden to now take on your emotional distress because of their situation and certainly not their burden to take on mine because of my own stuff. So I've got my own um, therapist and then I do supervision weekly. I'm in a lot of consult groups um, as well. So there's a lot of checkpoints. There has to be because uh, it's not an easy job at times and certainly not when you, the process is parallel of being right. able to intimately relate to who you're working with. I want to come in and do my job and not have to have my clients worrying about, can you do this right now? I've, I've often wondered that just like how therapists handle all that themselves. Yeah. So that makes sense that you kind of have that supervision. Yeah, you have that when you're provisional. Um, so not everyone has that. But certainly the majority of people attend consultation groups at least weekly um, because we recognize like we're dealing with a lot of things and we're human. It's humans dealing with humans at the end of the day. You have to be realistic. But I don't know a therapist that doesn't have their own therapist. And I think sometimes people are surprised to hear that. I'm like, why? 
we're just as dysregulated and disordered, you know, like I'm not immune to it just because I know about it. If anything, it makes it harder because I'm like, I know all of these things, you know? So, um, a lot, I would say a lot of therapists have their own therapists and I'm very grateful for it because it's allowed me to continue to work. Cause I really did think I'd have to pause this time. I did pull back. I scaled down a lot the first few months just from like, you know, morning sickness and whatever, but I really needed time to process what I was going through so I could show up. So was your morning sickness like same, better, worse? Better. Like, how is this pregnancy better? Oh, oh that's good. The avoidance kicked in well. I was so avoidant. I think it like served my symptoms because my first two, I thought I was going to die. Like literally. Oh, God. This is how I'm going to so die. Hard. I'm so hard. Die. You can't. And no. I don't understand like when people are working, I don't understand. I couldn't get out of bed. No. So I don't understand people that have morning sickness that function. Like No, no, no. I was not functioning. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. I don't know how how people do it. So I scaled back um, a lot, but it was much better um, this time around, interestingly enough, so that I was grateful for that, but still, still not good. You know, I don't know whose first trimester isn't. And then I got COVID. So it was again, second second time, second time. So it just further, I know, further complicated things. It was all fine. I think there's a lot of, I like to think about the invisible load especially during pregnancy because again a lot of statements that are meant to be helpful of like you know it's all going to be worth it and you'll you'll have this baby at the end and you won't you won't remember any of this none of it will matter I think can be very 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 dismissive and that could be like my own personal stuff but I've done this work what would you suggest someone say to you like if you're trying to I have someone in my life right now that is going through this and yeah, I don't really know what to say. Like, yeah. I want to say those things that you just said, but I know, I know. that that's not helpful, <laughs> you know? I'm glad you asked twofold, right? It's the same thing when someone experienced a loss, a, a miscarriage or a stillbirth. Um, people are afraid to bring it up because they're like, I don't want to bring it up if she's not thinking about it. Or like, I don't know what to say. So they say nothing. And that silence, I will tell you, is deafening for people. Mm -hmm. Whether you're dealing with an unexpected pregnancy or dealing with a loss, I think just giving someone permission, like blatant permission to feel what they need to feel and say, this is, I will not judge you. Like I am Mm -hmm. here. You can share what you're actually feeling and this is your space to do that. And I, I will hold that space for you. It's so powerful. And just honoring. I'm, I, there's nothing I can say that will take this away from you. And I don't want to do that. Like, and being honest, like, I want to say it's going to be okay. And you're going to love your baby. And it's going to be fine. I can recognize that it might not be the most helpful. And just giving them space to be honest and taking some ownership that I, I do want to take this away from you. And I can't. Because we, we you really can't. There's nothing you can say. Um, Mm -hmm. but recognizing a lot of the times it's our own discomfort that we're responding to, not the person's, which is kind of a, it's a tricky spot to be in. What would you say to, uh, I mean, this is supposed to be about you, but now I'm like really thinking about this. A person that, um, got pregnant and then her partner is not excited about the pregnancy, makes it very known. He's not excited about the pregnancy, but like you're pregnant and you feel super alone and you don't know how to manage that. I'll tell you the most helpful thing, I think, in my opinion. This was something I discussed with my husband and I've shared with clients. Um, The pregnancy, I'm going to call it a joint issue. I don't like to use the word issue, but in this regard right now, it is a joint issue together. It's not going to be healthy or effective to vent 
to your partner about your um, like immediate concerns, struggles, challenges with that pregnancy because you're too enmeshed because it's a joint problem. So you can't separate mm-hmm. the person from the problem, which is always the goal. Or I think it's mm-hmm. a good goal when we're dealing with a, a partner. That's one of those where you need to talk to someone else about how you're feeling, right? Good friend, mm-hmm. therapist, family member, a colleague you trust. That's who you share those feelings with. It's right now just not appropriate to be sharing that with your yeah. partner. Not, again, not as a, an avoidant tactic or anything like that. It's too close to home. Humans, we're natural. We like to fix. We like to mitigate. We like to make things better, especially within a relationship. We can't do that if it's, again, like a shared, quote unquote, problem. Something with the kids. Let's say one of your kiddos mm-hmm. is having a behavioral issue. You're, you're going to go to bat with your partner, I bet, nine times out of ten on how to mitigate it because it's yeah. your joint thing. And it's too close to home. There's enmeshment going on. And everyone should have the right to feel what they need to feel. And I've discovered that, again, in my own journey with my own partner. And then as a clinician and in my own therapy, that I, I don't think it's fair. I've recognized for me to argue, let me feel what I need to feel. But then I don't extend that. And I don't want to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's not easy. You know, like, and I'm not saying that lightheartedly. It's and hard I really because for then I feel like even down the road, you always remember exactly. Yeah. That, that feeling of almost like a, not a betrayal, but sort of isolation. Like you were supposed to, yeah. Abandonment a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Abandonment. Yeah. That you weren't. And like not, you know, you think that when people get pregnant, you, everybody's like, Oh my gosh, it's so exciting to like not have that sounds. That's just hard. And that's not something you forget. It's not like, which is why it's important to then, hopefully that they have their space as a couple to suss that out because mm-hmm. we all make mistakes, right? And we all have our own stuff that we're trying to sift right. through and we deserve the right to process that is how I feel. Yeah. But I'm not going to take away from the damage that can do in a relationship because it definitely can, especially if you don't have the space to talk about it. Not right now, right? Like this right. is not, right. while it's going on, again, you can't separate the person from the problem, I really feel for her because, yeah, I'm imagining she's feeling abandonment and isolation and just complete opposite of what society projects on a pregnant woman, right? That it's, you've got this tribe around you and it's this wonderful experience and it just really, that's not true for a lot of people. And I don't want to just make it like doomsday, like pregnancy is so awful. It's not. It has the capability to be so beautiful. Um, But again, there's a lot of like societal pressure we put on. Yeah. Right. Um, Sometimes it's not like the Instagram video of the pregnancy test and everyone's so excited. And that's all you see. That's why I'm like, I'm going to put this out there right. and I know I'm yeah. going to get backlash, right. which it was only actually a little bit. There's a lot more support around challenges surrounding getting pregnant and mm-hmm. they deserve that. Like, believe that's not me taking away from that. But yeah. I think it's further, I've seen it. It's prevented women from seeking any kind of help for unplanned pregnancies because they feel a lot of shame and guilt around that right yeah and people make it known must be nice yeah you should be so grateful you should be so thankful it's not that easy for everyone right and that's just not helpful right, right. that's not helpful right. she knows that yeah i mean everybody's on their own unique journey we all have our own unique yeah. struggles and it doesn't make somebody's more painful than others I feel like you know I feel like sometimes people try to like compare and it shouldn't be a comparison and I also think Mm -hmm. it's like good to talk about these things because um it's also like showing that like 
things can exist simultaneously. Like you can still have joy and like feel like, you know, like you're going to look forward to certain things, but you can also still feel the, like the sadness or the emotional struggles or the anger or whatever, like yeah. turmoil that's going on and like your inner struggles. But you can, but then you can also understand, you can also have the other sides too that may be there. Like if you're sad about your pregnancy, then you're not grateful, you know, like you can be both. You can be, you can have, you can be grateful, but you can also be, um, even depressed. You know what I mean? Like things can exist simultaneously. We're, we're whole people. We, and feelings aren't just like isolated feelings like things can coexist in mul- multiple levels <laughs> you're such a therapist jade i love it that's like the biggest takeaway that we try to i think relay in therapy my own therapist reminds me, reminds me of this all the time two things can exist at once you can mm-hmm. feel so depressed um and upset about something and still want it right yeah. like it's not a matter Um, but again, that's not natural, right? Like we're not taught that. I, at least I know I I was not raised with that because my parents weren't raised with that notion of two things can exist at once. It's usually if it's bad, it's bad, right? Because that's logical. This is not logical, but guess what? Like the universe doesn't care. Your psyche doesn't care. Your kids don't care if it's logical, but all that the message further just pushes away. You're going to be isolated because if you talk about this, we're going to judge you. Yeah. And that's not mm-hmm. what anyone wants. So they just learn to make themselves smaller, which really triggers that whole postpartum experience. It's a concern because it's a really common thing. Like unplanned pregnancies have been happening for years and though they oh, still yeah. will happen despite all of the things. Right. Obviously, there's a million forms of birth control and you hear yeah. all the time people getting pregnant. And yeah. even like after a vasectomy, you hear about people getting pregnant. Like oh, it, it yeah. just happens I've got stories for you yeah believe me. <laughs> yeah, my own mom she got pregnant on the IUD and I'll never forget it I was like 10 wow. when it happened yeah, and it was a lot you know like things we just judge you know and you I don't think we take enough time to slow down and listen and then just remember it comes down to agency and that everyone deserves that right you know we can mitigate factors as much as we can um but pregnancy really sets off the beginning of, oh, crap, I have very little control here. And then motherhood lights it Mm -hmm. on fire because you can do all of the things and your kids don't care, right? Like you can set up everything, set the alarm early, lay out all their stuff, make their lunch, and you're still going to be late because your toddler didn't want those shoes. You know, they wanted the other ones that you can't find, right? Yeah, So, so annoying. It's just one of those things. One of those things. question too so this obviously sorry we are kind of like steering away from your your experiences right now but please um, do yeah (laughs) what do you think it takes in society for us to shift away from this whole like pitting women against each other and our experiences and motherhood like you know we do talk about it takes a village but oftentimes I feel like we're isolating each other even further it's like what is it in society that like needs to happen in order for us to be more supportive of each other. You, I think about like all like my friends who are pregnant and like ways that I yeah. haven't known how to reach out myself, even through their difficulties and like even feelings I've, mm-hmm. I have felt myself of like, 
jealousy or resentment of certain things that they've had right. that have been easier for them that I should be it's like that's my stuff that I, I should know, be I that know. I should be happy mm-hmm. about what is it that we all need to do in order to like make a societal shift because I feel like it needs to happen I think we don't we just need more validation and more support because what it comes down to is we do that because that's what was done to us and we feel this mm-hmm. like uh, subconscious hazing process of a part of you wants you to like wants others to see how hard it was because you were so invisible yeah. in yeah, it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think yeah. if we validated people's experiences, like back to your question earlier, Carly, about your friend, like what do I say? That sounds that, that's really hard. Like I, I just want to yeah. validate that that's so difficult and so challenging. Mm-hmm. Like we don't do that enough, and we don't demonstrate enough compassion around it which is why we get the pitting. And Jay, to your point, like it is, by the way, that's a completely normal response. I had a friend um, who had reached out. We were discussing a friend of hers who she didn't know how to get back in touch with. They had lost touch because she had a baby and there were, you know, things going on. Her friend experienced loss, et cetera. And I said, I don't want to take away. I hear you saying you miss your friend and you don't know what you've done wrong. And she's like, I don't want to feel bad for having a baby. Right. But I'm like, I want to, I also want you to understand your friend's process is completely normal. And I don't know her, but I can assume she has a lot of shame and guilt around these feelings, but that she just can't help right now. This is where she's at right today because of her circumstances. No one ever thinks they're going to be that person that's going to feel jealous then that someone had a much different experience or someone's able to get pregnant or someone has this wonderful supportive partner, whatever it is, someone's able to breastfeed, all these things, and then it happens Mm -hmm. again because we don't have enough of our own support. So just connecting and commiserating and validating one another rather than trying to take it away, right? Oh, it's going to be fine. You know, you don't need to worry about that or at the end, you'll still have your baby or whatever. Like I was watching Ashley I's stuff and I, I was following along the whole time because it looks like she had hypermesis and just like, I was happy she was sharing. It felt horrible for her. Um, but uh, pregnancy complications and postpartum complications don't care who you are. They don't care if right. you are famous. If you're not famous, you have money, what your skin color is, what you do for a living. They don't care. We all deserve validation and sympathy we don't extend that enough. Um, I think that's the shift, right? Just understanding one another. So we don't feel that subconscious pressure of like, kind of want you to see how bad it was for me. And no one stepped in. My friends yesterday, I got to daycare. I told them what happened at the OB. And my daycare provider was like, your friend called to ask how much you pay for the kids. I'm like, what? They Venmoed me to cover a day of daycare for the kids and an extra money so I could go do my own thing and have a day for myself. Oh my god! Because gosh. they go four days a week. Oh I know. That's, and I was so like, that's so nice. I know. It's the bubble baby girls, the girls I run the blog with, they didn't ask. They just stepped in and they're like, "This, you need a day. So they got my so kids' nice. child care worked out, paid for it. But oh this poor gosh. woman thought that someone was calling. <laughs> yeah, that was my first instinct. I was like, oh gosh, you have a stalker. No, no, <laughs> like, one knows who happening? I am, honey. It's all good. We got 700 followers. <laughs> no one knows who I am. It just made everything feel so much better because I didn't need to ask for anything. They stepped in without asking and no one took away from it. They didn't give me any like, yeah, I had to do that too. And it was fine. Or like, you know, you know whatever, just non-supportive language. It just validated 
how difficult this is and is going to be because it will be. They didn't take it away. Mm-hmm. And then they stepped in and did something for me that I didn't even ask, but oh, I'm taking them up on it. Next Friday, those kids are going to daycare, right? And I'm going to have a day for <laughs> get a massage, you know. Yeah. But we don't do that enough. For me, it's so soothing when someone just doesn't try to take something away and just validates. Yeah. That that's really hard. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I don't, what, what, what are you going to do? Like, there's nothing you can, in this specific thing, you can't go in and change the outcome of my pregnancy or any challenges. No, no one can do that. That's not what's being asked. But I think we feel pressure to be solution-oriented a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, especially male partners can trend towards that, not to generalize, but it happens a lot. I know you just need someone to say, like, that's really hard, and I can't take that away from you, but I'm here, and I'll listen, and I'll check in instead of treating it like, mm-hmm. I want to bring it up in case she's not thinking of it. Whatever challenge people are experiencing they're already thinking about them how are you preparing like yourself I mean really like mentally for the rest of this pregnancy like you have so much going on physically but like how are you mentally handling that it hasn't set in yet like this all took off in the last week and a lot of it was really yesterday but I'm gonna cut back on work um I'm gonna drop a day which I can do because I gave myself an extra day and I've learned my lesson because kids get sick and daycares close, etc. So I'm in four mm-hmm. days a week when I really need to only be in three. So I'm going to drop a day and have that consistently available to mitigate mm-hmm. stress factors for work because I don't want to stop working. And that was immediately the first thing that was stated, right? Well, you might have to stop. And that's it is what it is. got to focus on the baby. And again, I, I want to decide that. I'm sorry. I don't want the pregnancy right. to decide that for me. I enjoy what I do. And I want to keep doing that until I cannot or until it's decided it's not appropriate, mm-hmm. which, again, I think I have some mm-hmm. insight there. Um, we got no pair. She's joining in September. I'm so excited. Oh, um, great. I'm taking a longer maternity leave this time around because I did not do that with my daughter. Um, and I've learned my triggers and a lot of it was around sleep. So my husband and I are going to set up mm. as much of an intentional plan as possible around that because... I handled everything because I was breastfeeding mm-hmm. and I thought that's the only way to do it. And I still plan right. on breastfeeding, fingers crossed, but your partner can absolutely still help with that. And he was willing to, but it, my own control and anxiety didn't let him step in. So I've shifted yeah, a lot of that. that. That's mm-hmm. my plan. Yeah. But I know it could all go out the window <laughs> because such is life. I'm choosing to operate from that camp right now. That I've mitigated the factors that I can and the rest of it, we're going to see what happens. But what I do know is I'm a good mom and I love my kids and that's all I care about. How are you dealing with like if you're moving at the same time and you are setting up everything for one location of Mm -hmm. like where you're going to have your baby like how are you dealing with all of that? I'm going to deliver here and then we're going to move so that's what's going to happen there Um, because I suspected the pregnancy might turn high risk given just my previous just the baby's even being small right um, mm-hmm. And for my own anxiety, I wanted to continue to deliver at the same hospital I had yeah, been at yeah, with my people, sure. right? My mom right. and things like that. So I'm going to deliver, um, make sure baby's healthy and settled. My husband pushed back his start date a month, which I really appreciated okay. and just delayed his fellowship by a month. And then we're all going to move together. Um, and then the au pair will be there like a month after we arrive. And we'll see. Right. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and you have a good plan. Your plan sounds good on paper right now. So that's sounds good. Sounds good on paper, right? <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, you're right. It all can, you know, blow up in two seconds. But it's really good to have a plan. It's better than nothing. And um, yeah. 
something that comes up, which hopefully is helpful to people listening out there, is um, a lot of times you might tell yourself, don't think about that. Don't think about that. Don't think about that. Like, I'll worry about it when I need to. And that can get really tricky. Like, you want to cope ahead through things. And unfortunately, sometimes that means planning your worst case scenario. The goal of that is, is if that happens, your brain has accessed it. It doesn't become trauma. Uh You don't become stuck. Fight or flight, less likely to happen. You've moved through it. Not to say you're not going to have a reaction, right? Like you still will. You're a human. We're not trying to make anyone a robot, um, but you can move through much quicker. So I've just been working on trying to cope ahead for factors that before I would have just avoided, avoided, avoided. And then if they happened, it was pretty bad, right? You'd, I would just get stuck in whatever was going on, um, which you don't have to do. So I'm just trying to cope ahead with what I can. You know, we cannot troubleshoot every single thing out there. But there's basic stuff we can think through. How are you feeling about uh, the like the new city, like raising a baby in a I new know. place, a new baby in a new place? Like that's, I mean, to me that sounds actually pretty exciting. I, I mean, am. I'm well, ready for a change. No, I am. I yeah, think it's great. maybe the pandemic, right? Like I've been in Chicago my whole life. My son Milo, um, I had him, and we moved to California, and it was a brand new city, and I had we had the best year. Like I put myself out there a lot more. Um, so I'm hoping yeah. I do that again and make an effort to connect with other people um, because yeah. I surrounded myself with um, a lot of really wonderful people that I'm still really close to. So I have a good, positive, correctional, emotional experience to hang on to. And also I'm yeah. bored here. So I'm like, get me <laughs> get me out of here. I get it. Philly yeah. seems busy and bustling. And obviously you can tell my personality. I'm busy and bustling. So I think I'll be fine in the East Coast. Um, so... I'm excited for a change. I'm sad for the kids to be away from family. That's been really hard. Our kids are super attached mm-hmm. to their grandparents, but Chicago and Philly aren't far, you know. So yeah, and your husband gets to be there for the for the delivery, right? For your labor. I and know. Delivery now, which, yes. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yay. He wasn't going to before. Yeah, yeah that was a lot. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot. Especially because it was a very realistic fear when I gave birth to my daughter because of COVID. They didn't know at the time if partners could stay or if one of us was sick. So I'm like, oh, my God, I got through it, and here I am again. Um, so I'm really happy that he gets to be there. Although I joke, I'm like, he sleeps he sleeps through the whole thing. Um, my husband can fall asleep anywhere. <laughs> I think it's any resident. He's an anesthesia resident, so he gets up every day, like, 4 a.m. Um, but, oh of course, Ooh. I still want him there, even if he's sleeping on the couch. I need someone to scream at. You right. know, will, like, stay there. Oh, yeah. No, your scream will wake him up, hopefully. Nobody else will take my crap. You know, it has to be him. So I'm very happy that he gets to be there. Fingers crossed. I don't want to, like, jinx it now. Yeah. So that's the plan. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Well, I'm I'm so thankful for you. I mean, I we obviously just, like, love you and love having you on. But I'm just so thankful for you even just talking about your own self and what you're going through is also just freaking so helpful to everybody because it's so relatable and not everyone is open like you are to talking about these things that are hard that so many people go through. Um, So I just wanted to thank you. I appreciate that I just think that's really brave and you're so sweet and yeah, well, that's just true. And it's also, different, uh, right? We're like friends. most therapists we're don't. We're, no, we're good friends, Carly. I told my husband, okay? like, <laughs> "No, we're friends. You can, you can ask them." Yeah. Oh, and a side, a oh. sidebar. My au pair, she's in Germany, and I had told her, um, I was like, "Oh, when you come, we'll have to go to Mexico on an all inclusive because I want to take you." Oh, she's I, like, "Can oh. I come?" Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're come on. We're all, we're all going. And she was great. Like, 
Oh, yeah. I love Mexico. I've seen it on The Bachelor. I was like, wait, do you watch? Stop. And she's like, yeah. Stop. I was like, Bachelor in Paradise, blah, blah. I didn't know in Germany they run their own, like, that it's their own people. So Oh, yeah. I was funny. like, I'm, like, friends with two of the girls <laughs> from The Bachelor. And she was like, you're oh famous? God. I'm like, I am not. But, yes. Yes. That is so, so funny. I mean, I'm going to that resort so with funny. you. When yeah, you yeah, go. That's what We're I was going to say, so. too. When you uh, move to Philly, we need to plan like a girl's New York trip. You, you can even one. bring the tiny babe. I will be there. The tiny babe. Oh, God. Yes. No, the tiny babe's still back. <laughs> this is the <laughs> no, no, this is my year now, okay? so I'm like, I love oh, it. No. I love it. Yes. Fair. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry. So I say that, oh. and then I'm going to come baby wearing this. Like, hey, guys. You know? I mean, <laughs> with or without, your, your invite yes. is there. I love uh, you guys. I so appreciate you having me on here and giving me Thank this you space. so yeah, much for being Yeah, I love you. Yeah, anytime. Yes. Love you guys. We love you. Aww.